now. This is Box to Box with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. Absolutely fantastic! Hello and welcome to Box to Box, the show that is everything for Paul and Macquarie Radio, NTS News Talk Sport. You're with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. First edition news with Mark Van Aken in a minute. And while we're just over a week away from the Socceroos' last World Cup qualifying chance, domestically, the big story is Melbourne City. So we're going to get started with the man of the moment, Warren Joyce, to tell us just what magic he's been weaving with the citizens as they sit unbeaten on top of the ladder. Then with the W League kicking off this weekend, we're delighted to have in the studio for some extended chat, Socrates. Nicolaitis, coach of the National Premier League Women's Victorian Champion South Melbourne and former head coach in New Jersey in the Women's League over there in the USA. He's going to preview the opening round of the W League and of course we'll wrap up the first hour as we always do with a preview of round four of the A League with Dean Hennessy in the second hour. We'll kick off with second edition news. Then our mate Fox Sports Simon Hill, he's going to join us before he heads off to Honduras to go through the latest just over a week away from the Soccer Roos World Cup playoffs with that very country. And of course we're going to quiz him on the whole uh, imbroglio around Ange Postacoglu uh, before Dino returns with European action and we will wrap it up with stoppage time. Edge, um, well, it's always a big week, isn't it? Well, that's right. It does. It started off in a real negative for me. Uh, I must admit, uh, Ronnie Vargas and his injury up in uh, Brisbane was, was terrible. Um, and just to, to see the reaction of Ernie Merrick, uh, we all know Ernie well in this room, and uh, to see that was really heartfelt and... Um, uh, and obviously, you know, uh, having been involved in the game uh, for a long time, we've seen incidents like that, and uh, and it takes a lot. And we might talk to Dean when he's on in his A-League segment about that was significant. I just thought that was a really um, touching moment, especially Ernie's post-match presser in which he said he'd give it, you know, the, the win means nothing, and uh, mm. we'd just mm. give it all away if uh, Ronnie was able to be fit. So that's, but but the week got better from that. Yes. Um, the, the, obviously, um, a lot of anticipation around the W League beginning, mm. um, which uh, Socrates will be in to have a chat to us uh, shortly, uh, which I'm excited to talk about that. But for me, it was about the Socceroos squad. Uh, Brad Smith uh, unceremoniously dumped. He's obviously recovering from that injury, mm. and then finally, yeah, finally to some, um, mm-hmm. and his next Liverpool player as well. Which I thought it was all. About Ange Mark Coglu would be so quietly, nasty about him. Yeah, he, he, yeah, Liverpool Hello, superstar. Mark. Hello, Liverpool superstar. He is. Yeah, yeah, Liverpool superstar. Hey, Mark, why don't you say hello to all of the custodians of our list, listeners right yes. around Australia? G'day, g'day, g'day. Hello. Hello, Mark. Well, hey. What was bigger, the uh, the soccer squad or Ange Postacoglu? Uh, uh, well, well, it was a non-story. That's, 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 no, that's not a non-story. You're the only person in Australia who's in a non-story. It's a non-story. The guy's coaching against Honduras. Is he on the FFA payroll? I'll tell you what, if we lose, it's all over, brother. You used to manage Pim. Are you managing Ange, too? Seriously. No, I'm not. Yeah, I think he is. Mate, sorry. He's on a retainer. That was poor. That was poor by Ange. And he's trying to... You know, turn their finger oh. of blame onto the media. No, Ange, sorry, mate. He's just focused on the Honduras games. Let him do his job. Oh. <laughs> Let him do his job. He's got. It's real. It's the most important thing is that he gets the job done over in San Pedro well, de Sula, and he gets him out of there at least forty-five minutes. As we know, it's all duck or no dinner for Ange. He's either a hero or a zero. You love saying that, don't you? I do like that. Well, I like duck. Well, I've <laughs> I've come meat. up I've come up with a bit of a theory, Mark. I want to test it with you. Yes. I believe that Ange. I think his legacy is on the line here because. Um, oh, you think? The, you know, I do think, yeah. and we'll talk about it later on, but 
my opinion is that he will be remembered in the event that we lose, and none of us want that to happen, but in the event that we do lose, he will be more remembered for the failure against Honduras than the It'll Asian Cup the general custer of uh, Australian What do you think about football, that, money? Marco? What do you think um, about that? Look, I like Ange. I've worked with Ange, as you know. Um, uh, he is a very prickly guy, which he probably wouldn't um, well, deny. Well, he acknowledges that. That's fine. But he won an Asian Cup, and, and, and we can never ever dismiss that but it was also at home hmm. like it wasn't we didn't win it in Iran we won it in, and three foreign in coaches uh, successfully qualified us for the World Cup correct so I mean his legacy will be hang on you didn't make the World Cup if, if indeed what you're saying yeah, happens and, and so, we shouldn't talk that way because no again let's, passionate let's supporters be positive of the yeah, we've got he's going to get there yeah, but Marco you've got some news I do now Ange of course has named his 30 man squad for the Socceroos do or die World Cup playoff with Honduras next month you might have heard about this folks mm-hmm. uh, a total of 22 of the 23 players selected against Syria are back in the squad with again Rob only Brad Smith who hasn't played a game of actual football for about two years outside of the Socceroos. Anyway, Bailey Wright and Danny Vukovic uh, returned to the 30, having left uh, the most recent squad also with minor injuries, but of course have since returned to club football, which is something Brad Smith wouldn't know much about. Now, Captain Millie... Hard. Nat- going hard, isn't he? Well, seriously. Anyway, uh, Millie's back. Uh, Alex Gersbash, Aidan Hustik, uh, J- Jimmy Jago, mm-hmm. or Yimmy Jago, as I like to call him, and Awan Mabil. Of course, a part of the squad with Jamie McLaren, mm. who didn't make the final 23 against Syria. But Millie's just the bearded mascot, though, isn't he? He's not going to play. <laughs> well, we've got a few coaches in the room, actually. Their mics are not on, so I, I feel bad not, not giving them a voice. But is Millie done? I think Millie no, might he's not done. No, he's oh, not done. Here we go. He might he might be done in the context of the you know I think it's he's a rank outsider Sorry, to make the squad. It's Mike and Mark tonight. Mate. <laughs> he's a rank outsider to to make the squad and play that play. Let's be honest, but uh, he's not done. If he gets over this injury, he's a very good player. And he uh, I mean we we know what Steve Bruce thinks of him, and uh, he loves him because mm. he's a man. He's a man. He wants his okay, there's, there's a killer song in there somewhere. Anyway, Adelaide United's new coach, Marco Quartz, who's got my favourite name in the uh, A-League, will get his uh, first shot at silverware just four months into the job after the Reds defeated Western Sydney, of course, this week. Quartz uh, paid tribute to his injury-depleted side, who were without key players Taylor Regan, Vince Lear and Urson Gullum for the semi-final showdown at Campbelltown Stadium. And while the Wanderers dominated possession and shots, the Reds were more decisive. Urson Gullum's would indicate that, wouldn't it? Urson Gullum's yes. got to be the best name in the A-League. Thanks, thanks Rob. Well, he just said that Marshall Kutz the is the best coach name. Kutz. So, um, no, I reckon Urson Gullum is. That's what I'm taking issue with. I to be the best players in the A-League, just quietly. But uh, Reds fans are uh, on the he, march. Well done, guys. To, yeah. to be fair, he's been a massive inclusion to the A-League this year. I mean, yes, for people yeah. that don't know, um, Aussie boy, but Turkish mm. background, yep. went over to Turkey. Done quite well And uh, kind of skipped the Australian system, which mm. we debate all the time. But... Mm. Um, He's back now and uh, no, doing well over there. Now, in related news, Allion Stadium will host the FFA Cup final between Sydney FC and Adelaide United. Um, good Payback decision. because the Sydney FC hierarchy whinged so much last year. <laughs> Is it also um, because their stadium's getting torn down, so they need to... Uh... No, it's because they want to get a good crowd. Rob, mm. SFS, 
Yeah. Thoughts on that? I know we spoke about it last yeah, week. Look, to to it's, to it's, as, as long as it's dry. It's my topic. Yeah, no, no, as long as it's dry, um, a stadium, it, it's a good a stadium, stadium to to watch football from. I've seen plenty of big uh, games at that ground. Um, football, I think, uh, uh, one of my strongest football memories was uh, when uh, Mark Schwarzer was in his very early days and had a heroic uh, uh, result uh, for the. Uh, no, it was Canada. Canada when yes, when he was yes. uh, was it was it the Joeys or uh, I think we'll, we'll research no, it. No, I don't think it was the Socceroos that day. I think no, it was the long hair. Yeah, we'll, we'll research that. Um, also, saw the Matildas play in the Sydney Olympics at that ground as well. There's plenty of NRL games. Uh, uh, so, yeah, good stadium to watch the, the game from. But in terms of the facilities and the setup, it's uh, it's in the dark ages. It was uh, a New South Wales government when Barry Unsworth was the Premier trying to get uh, re-elected, uh, uh, decided to, to build the place. Pork Ballerine? That is exactly Ballerine. what it was, Edge. So, so, um, and when it rains, it's... <laughs> When it rains, you just get wet. Um, so you know that that stylized roof line uh, it looks good, but um, yeah, it's not. Uh, it's funny it, as a roof, it makes a very good door. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I can go on, but Michael doesn't want me to. So Hertha Berlin of uh, confirmed. This worries me. This Matthew, worries me. Yeah, yeah Matthew Leckie will miss the next uh, two. Uh, fixtures for these uh, German club. The Socceroos flyer is suspended for the first league in uh, San Pedro Sula. Um, that niggle, which takes him the final club fixtures before the international break, means he will not play any football before the return we'll league that pace. in Sydney. Cologne briefly forgot about the, its uh, league troubles with a 3-1 win, but we don't really care. It's been it's huge for Hertha Berlin. Those people who, mm. like me, who catch a bit of the Bundesliga on being sport, uh, we've had a few Hertha Berlin, Berlin games to watch. He's been awesome for them. He's really been some educated pundits in Germany say that he's the signing of the year so far mm. in that league. Excellent. Played oh, an awesome game against Bayern Munich. Keep up your sleeve some of your other good stories, mate, because sure. we're going to wrap it up there. Because after the break, we've got Warren Joyce, the gaffer, down at Melbourne City. As in, he waved his magic wand since he's arrived. Three three starts for three wins, sitting on top of the ladder. We were hoping they'd do well, but uh, we didn't expect him to do this well. So stick around. That's next on Box to Box. Warren Joyce, the coach of Melbourne City. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial goal. Yes, this is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. Now, who would have thought a week out from a massive World Cup soccer tie that um, a domestic football club would be taking centre stage? But they certainly are. Melbourne City, uh, we've been talking them up for a long time now, hoping they'd start to achieve. And uh, and they're three from three, sitting on top of the ladder against the, uh, the champions of uh, last year, Sydney FC and... Uh, bunch of other clubs uh, nipping at their heels. So we welcome to the show uh, the coach of that club, Warren Joyce. Uh, good evening. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, Warren, great to have you. A storied career in the championship. Uh, uh, coached uh, Wigan Athletic and, and most recently uh, uh, the Manchester United Youth Squad. Uh, so you, your first impressions must be all pretty good, mate. Um, you know, getting down here, just sort of, uh, you know, I don't want to be uh, facetious, mate, but, you know, come out there and win. Um, yeah, there's a long way to go yet. You know, uh, you know you're still trying to bring the culture into the football club you know you, you're pleased how the lads have responded you know certainly last week we can do better with the ball um, but you know three three wins don't make a season you know it's important that we that we improve on last week this week and, and try to keep improving every game this season Warren, um, the first question I've got for you, this is a long-form interview, so we can ask a, 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 some big-picture questions. But first of all, um, what's your impressions of football in Australia? You've been here probably long enough now. 
um, to experience an FFA Cup uh, in a regional city as well as obviously the start of the, the A-League. Can I just ask you to reflect on what you've experienced to date and, and, and probably how you compare it to back uh, back in the UK? Yeah, I've already watched, you know, before I came out, you know, it's on the TV regular and you're one of these people that watches football from all around the world. So I always had a good impression of Australian football before, before I came to the country and I've not been surprised by you know, what I've seen. You know, there's some some good players out here the standards good and there's some good lads as well you know they want to they want to play football they want to be footballers and they want to try and get better and you know they're, they're true sportsmen really as well so that that's been pleasing to work with people like that and what about um i mean the obvious we in australia we we just love the, all the football that comes out of the uk so the obvious question you've probably been asked a million times but for all of our 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 listeners right around australia I mean, where do you peg the A-League in, in, in a comparative sense to some of the leagues in the in the UK? Is it a League One, League Two? Um, is it, uh, I mean, is it is it a fair question to ask that? I think it's different comparing because there's, there's different styles of championship. Is it is a tough league, but it's a different style. You know, I certainly think ability-wise, you know, fitness-wise, there's a lot of lads certainly could play in the championship level. You know, and, and even. You know, Aaron Moyes done really well in the Premier League, so so why not? Why couldn't they? You know, I, I think if you put a lot of Championship players uh, and ask them to play in 30 degrees heat, you know, that would certainly test a lot of people out. You know, so I, I, I don't think you should put yourself down. I certainly think, you know, not a lot of sides that do very well in the Championship. You know, the technical levels are good. There's, there's things that the players have to do out here that they don't have to do in England and even the things that the, the, the football players have to do that the, the Aussie rules and the rugby league players have to do you know I think that would be harsh for them and a different demand if they've got to play in that league as well you know and you know I, I don't think you should do yourself down you know I think there's a lot of good there's a lot of talent in the country there's a lot of good players the infrastructure is really good there's a lot of really top coaches you know it's, you know I, I couldn't speak highly enough about you know, the football in this country. Warren, it's uh, Dean here. Uh, question with regards to the the style that you've started with and the results that have come in. You're quite right. Three games is a, just a great start and obviously a great foundation to build on. But it looks from our point of view, and, you know, we've been watching Melbourne City for many years, that they've always wanted to go forward and try and score goals. But they've always leaked goals, and it's it's been quite refreshing to see how good the defensive setup is in the first three rounds. But you, you want everything. You know, obviously, that, that, you know, 17 years of my life is working at Manchester United, and the, the biggest thing there is attacking football, you know, and, and certainly this... this the Manchester City group, you know, this club and New York City particularly, they want to play attacking football and, you know, I'm no different in that. We want to be attacking, but I want everything. I want us to be able to defend well, attack well, dig in if we've got to, tactically be clever when we've got to be clever, physically be dominant and, and up for any kind of things that are thrown at us, you know, but it takes time to get all those things into place, you know, but that's that's the aim. That's the got to be the aim for the future. And any young players coming through the football club have got to be able to do the lot. Now, the bit that's derailed us, obviously losing Bruno would be a loss to any team in this league. And you know the the other main forward who's got Timmy Sale's been 
away with Australia and not really been in and around us. So some of the attacking options we've got or threats haven't been really busy around the group. So we're trying to build that into it, deal with a loss of Bruno and time build as the season goes on, really. So you want a lot. It's not just one thing. You want everything. That, that, that's been the answer. Sure do. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. We're talking to Melbourne City coach Warren Joyce, and uh, and to you know sort of segue from uh, that comment you make about the loss, um, you, you did take a big risk in in signing Ross McCormack. He uh, he uh, came with uh, some troubles, uh, the Scotsman, and uh, he seems to have settled in pretty well. And that uh, that goal that he scored on the weekend to to win the game for the club must have really uh, instilled a lot of confidence in him uh, as he rebuilds his career. You know, it, like you say, it's a tremendous gesture from him. It shows his commitment to the football club, willing to come to the other side of the world and put his reputation on the line. You know, now he's thrown himself into it with the boys. He's integrated well with his dressing room. I can only speak highly of him at the minute. He still can be fitter, but that's because of lack of work and lack of games. And, and unfortunately, we've, we've got a few players like that. We've got some that are flying that have been with us all the way through pre-season and we've got some that are working really hard and, and to see him getting better, you know, every day and, and that's the situation we're in at the minute and and he's one of a number of attacking players that are in the same boat really. Warren, a question uh, in regards to obviously your playing career, you played over 600 league games and obviously you've managed for 20 odd years now um, can I ask you a question what about the pre-season and the length of time you have to prepare your teams here in Australia if, if we'd have had all the players all the way through it, it would have been a massive benefit for me because um, you know you get to know the players don't you and you can do do work with them yeah. you know, the, the unfortunate thing is we've not had the players all the way through you know I would say know from last week the, the, the starting 11 from last week the goalkeeper wasn't there all the way through and the two centre-halves weren't all the way through the left-back wasn't there all the way through um, one of the midfield players wasn't there all the way through and, and you know one of the forwards wasn't all the way through so more than half your team hasn't done all pre-season you know so that, that that's the weird bit you know other teams might be in a better situation where they've got the squad, they're not adding too many players to it, but it's a new coach with a new team trying to get different ideas across. So, you know, you've benefited from from a long pre-season, but also not all the players have done it all, so you're still playing catch-up in some ways. Warren, um, a Melbourne City uh, fan favourite is Fernando Brandon, and uh, obviously he's... Uh, well and truly, truly on the comeback trail. Can you let us uh, in on or, or inform our listeners about how he's travelling and um, uh, what uh, the future may hold for him? Well, I mean, he's been fantastic on his rehab. You know, credit to the medical staff and the sports science staff. It's, you know, they've really worked hard with him and, and credit to Fernando as well. His attitude that desperate to get back as quick as he can. I think he's ahead of schedule, but, but it's still... A little while to go before he's really probably back to the levels he was. You know, I'm as excited as anybody else. I've seen him, you know, in the flesh because I've seen what he can do. You know, on the on the clips of games from last season. So he's chomping at the bit. He's pushing. You know, he's pushing hard. He's desperate to play. You know, he he probably thought he was fit two three weeks ago, but there's there's, there's layers and and 
you know, the, the level of fitness of the other players are good and he's got to still keep pushing away. But we're, we're pleased with him so far. So far, so good. There's been no setbacks and, and hopefully that continues and and we've got a player that's, you know, ready to push and add to the quality of the squad very soon. And how are you enjoying Melbourne uh, generally, Warren, we'll get off the football for a moment. We, uh, the Melbournians love their city. They say it's got the best coffee in the world. Uh, they say it's got the best weather, the best climate in Australia. Do they? <laughs> well, the Melbournians do. I don't know about the Sydney siders, but uh, what can you uh, what can you reflect on your your journey? Have you been out to Hillsville Sanctuary and fed the kangaroos yet? <laughs> I think you know this story, Warren. Tell us the story about your your boy. times and he's uh, 16 the youngest one so it, it was difficult you can't get him out here the, the first year they were doing exams so yeah. just had three weeks I've just dropped him off at the airport now actually okay. so just going back so um, we stayed up in Sorrento we went to um, the hot springs and then we went to the, the sanctuary and and he, he was feeding the kangaroo and they, it was a big one and he, he gripped the kangaroo gripped with some he couldn't move <laughs> <laughs> so, so he had to wait there until the kangaroo was finished with it. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah must have, can, kangaroo must have made a victory sport of Warren. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's like a. Yeah. Oh, it's like uh, they say, making love to a gorilla. The gorilla will tell you when it's finished. <laughs> hey, Warren, hey, look, this, while we're on a light-hearted note, um, we'd love to get you back on down the track. Um, one of your signature uh, 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 styles is your uh, your shorts and the uh, and the boots, and you get involved in the in the warm up. And uh, uh, some people have a crack at you for that, but uh, we love it, mate. We really uh, enjoy seeing uh, a, a manager really get getting involved with uh, with the players. Uh, I'd look even sillier doing the warm-up with my suit on, wouldn't I? So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's probably got people talking, you know. For me, it's not a, a fashion show. Mm. You know, I think it's a time and a place where, obviously, you're representing a football club that you've got to look smart and you've got to look that way. You, but you can't be a kid and you can't be an imposter. You've got to do it your way. I believe I want to be in and around the players the last bit on the pitch because sometimes you can just smell if they're not quite at it mm. and with your experience and, and try to get into them on the pitch before it's actually too late and again that's you know that's my belief with it so you know I, I'm not trying to kid anybody I'm not trying to be something that I'm not mm. and if it upsets people I'm not that bothered <laughs> not happy with it you know it's just me anyway so you know that that's all you can be in your life I think so Good on you, mate. Keep, keep winning and you can do whatever you like, Warren. You can get the keys to the city, mate. Hey, Warren, good luck. Uh, we're loving it. Um, we've been, um, you know, uh, advocates of uh, an improved Melbourne city, uh, stroke Melbourne heart in the early days for a long, long time now. Uh, Melbourne does need a, a genuine uh, uh, big, big club the same way that, um, that Sydney has with the Wanderers and, and Sydney FC. And uh, we wish uh, more power to your arm to, to, to build the, uh, the history of that club up and, uh, and, and leave a, a wonderful legacy. No, thanks for your comments. I've enjoyed the chat any time. Good stuff, mate. Thanks again. Next up, we're going to talk to Socrates and Nicolaitis about the W League, which is coming up this weekend. And Socrates has got a great history uh, in women's football. He's the coach of the National Premier League Women's Victorian Champion, South Melbourne, and a former head coach of New Jersey. So stick around. That's all next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? 
Super Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Well, we'll talk with Warren Joyce and we're going to talk to Dean Hennessy uh, a little later on. But we're bookending the real story of this week. The W League is kicking off. And uh, hasn't it been great that the Matildas uh, set the scene in this country as, uh, as one of the top uh, national sides, men or women, and uh, the the competition that uh, that feeds into that uh, that great squad is, uh, of course, the W League. And we welcome to Box to Box for the very first time Socrates Nocolaitis, the coach of the National Premier League Women's Victorian Champion South Melbourne and former head coach at New Jersey to preview it. Welcome, Sock. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really enjoying it here. Excellent, mate. And, um, and look, the, the W League... Uh, you know, just as a generally as a competition, uh, uh, the the vibe around it, uh, not just within the football community, but you're seeing it now uh, leak out into that mainstream sporting community. That people are recognising it uh, as uh, the quality competition that it is. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's unbelievable. We have um, I've got friends in the United States that I talk to quite a bit, and yeah. they're telling me, um, you know, everyone's talking about it overseas. Mm. All the players want to come over here and play. Um, it's not a destination for a holiday anymore. They mm-hmm. they're really really keen, and the Matildas are putting um, women's football um, on the map. Mm-hmm. So it's really really good stuff. They certainly are, and for listeners right around Australia, it's awesome to have Socrates in here, or Sock as he's more affectionately known to uh, the people down in South Melbourne. He's had an unbelievable year coaching, well, unbelievable few years, but South Melbourne, who was back in the Women's uh, National Premier League in Victoria really dominated the competition right through the season. They uh, uh, minor premiers and took out the grand final. So congratulations on your year, Sock, first of all. But basically, your experience in the USA and your experience in Australia, we thought you were the ideal person to come and talk to about the W League uh, and, more importantly, where it sort of fits in the international game. Um, One of the questions I've got for you about the W League, although there's this great momentum, the season is still very, very short, isn't it? They only play each other, uh, I think, uh, once and maybe uh, one or two other clubs twice. But uh, it's a short season. Can you just reflect on where that sort of fits for, um, for, for not only for the national team players that are coming back to play in the W League, but young players? That, and, and you've got, I think, five or six... Five players. Five from South Melbourne that are going to play in the W League. What it means for them in the context of their development as well? Well, um, look, the five players that have made it, um, they deserve it and... Um, a lot of the players are talking about how football um, in this country is improving and they need more game time and more more teams to be involved. It's, it's a bit like the uh, A-League having a second division. You know, if, if we extend our league, um, a lot of the girls won't get the opportunity to play overseas. Um, they may lose contracts overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think what we need to do in Australia is maybe line it up with the A-League and and have an extended break, you know, or an extended season. That will obviously um, bring in more crowds. Uh, Everybody will start talking about the game. Uh, More people will come come and watch the game. Um, I think we're starving to watch Sam Kerr here for maybe six or seven months as the Americans get get to see her, as opposed to, you know, two and a half months. 
And some of the highlights of the, the season to come, uh, it'll be played over 14 rounds, 54 matches, followed by the uh, three-match final series, 25 uh, double-header matches, which uh, is, is great stuff because uh, people get to see uh, a hell of a lot of football. The majority of the matches are going to be have been scheduled to avoid clashes with the, uh, the A-League, so avoid market clashes or when the, the club's A-League team has been scheduled to play, improve kickoff times during peak summer months. Uh, uh, 27 of the matches are going to be on Fox Sports. So a lot of consideration. I mean, we, we criticise the FFA uh, a lot, as do a lot of people in football. But, um, you know, I've only reeled off uh, probably four or five of the of the key consideration points. Uh, um, but there's a lot more of them. And so it, it, it's clear that uh, the competition's yeah. been given every chance to succeed. Absolutely. It's, 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 it's a, a long time coming. I think it's... And if I can compare it with what happened this year at South Melbourne in the um, National Premier League, mm. we had eight uh, eight double headers, um, and the crowd in the second half there were you know maybe 500 to a thousand people, mm-hmm. and a lot of the supporters that never got to see the South Melbourne women's team, they started coming up to me, and you know they remembered me on my time when mm-hmm. I used to play, and they they were amazed. They mm-hmm. said, you know, there's no there's no crap here. The the mm. girls are unbelievable. You know, they they work hard. They, there's no diving. There's mm. just reality everywhere. And they were super super impressed. One of the uh, the great um, positives about the W League is the backstories. I mean, uh, we we've talked about this, haven't we, Sock? Well, we have. Uh, in terms of the some of these women, the, the the lengths they go to 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 make their career work is extraordinary, and it puts some of the the men to shame, doesn't it? Because they obviously don't earn anywhere near what the professional men do, nowhere near it. Um, Some of the top players are now starting to really just to be able to live off their earnings, um, which has been a a huge development. But um, they really do deserve a lot more credit than what they get, don't they? Oh, they do. Their commitment to the game is amazing. It's it's unbelievable. They, 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 They would drive for hours to get there, you know, leave university, take three trams, a train, get to training... Um, they're so passionate, you know, and it, it. I think, I think what we're, what I'm seeing, and what I'm, what I'm realising is more and more supporters can't wait for the to see the Matildas, you know. It's, it's, it's really refreshing, and the women bring a, a different perspective to the game, um, and I, I think it's only just going to keep improving. You know, I'm really excited for the for the W League coming up. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. We're talking to Socrates Nicolaitis, the head coach at the South Melbourne women's football team. Now we are going to look ahead to the opening round and get a few predictions from you, Socrates, for Excellent. those people who have not yet made the effort to either get along to a game or, or, or watch a game on, on Fox Sports. Uh, we want to encourage them to do that. So w- what would you uh, suggest? What's, your, what's your, your picks for the opening round? So Sydney versus Brisbane, Perth v uh, Melbourne City, uh, victory take on Canberra and the Jets uh, against the Western Sydney Wanderers. Ooh, that's a, kind of a tough one. I, th- I think um, I'm going to go with Lisa for Sydney. Uh, I think uh, Lisa Devana is going to make uh, a huge difference in the in the dressing room. Um, she's so motivated, uh, mm. really focused. I think Sydney will will take that. I think um, the game that I'm going to go to is um, Melbourne victory in Canberra. I think mm. uh, Heather Garriock and it's a really interesting appointment, isn't it? Because yeah. uh, you know Canberra has been a leading light in the development of women's coaches at the national level, and they've run a very good program. And, and Canberra stands out because they're not affiliated with a with an A League team, so it's it's pretty significant. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think 
Canberra will probably just just nip um, Melbourne Victory, but that's going to be a very exciting game. We have three girls uh, in the Melbourne Victory team. I think Melbourne City will take out uh, Perth Glory, and um, who we've got after that? Western Sydney, who are they playing, Rob? So Western Sydney are taking on the Newcastle Jets yeah. at the McDonald Jones Stadium. Emily, uh, Emily Van Egmond, who's going home afternoon. to Newcastle. It'll be interesting. And yeah. they just picked up a, a couple of decent they did. American, American players. players yeah. I'm, I'm going to go Newcastle. Yeah. They got that one girl, Guliani. Yeah. She's, she's got an engine. Mm. I and, think she's going to make a difference. And I think that is one of the real features of the W League season this year, Rob, is the imports. Uh, mm. They've gone up a step again mm. on the last year. I think the extra funding that's been made mm. available to the clubs through the FFA mm. has been you know, really significant. We might just, before we go, we just might make mention of the young Matildas who've been playing yeah. in the AFC Under-19 uh, Championships, which is a qualifi- qualification, not only is it the Asian Cup for that age group, but it's also the qualification for next year's Under-20 Women's World Cup in France. Uh, the young Matildas um, have done a great job. They're actually in the third and fourth playoff against China. It happens to be in Nanjing, China, so they'll be coming up against a pretty much a full house. Um, but they must win. Uh, they must finish third to qualify for the World Cup in uh, in France, and uh, everyone will be watching. Everybody who's involved in women's football will be watching that game on Saturday, uh, uh, early evening Saturday, Australian time. And Socrates has had uh, one of his uh, young guns, Melina Ayres, who scored yes. 40 goals. We talk about Melina from time to time. Uh, <laughs> we noticed. We noticed. But this is 40 yeah. goals in the in WNPL. She did uh, play against North Korea um, last week, but um, a huge match for the young Matildas. Yeah, I think. I think. Uh... Gary Van Egmond's going to put his uh, best squad out there on Saturday, and I think we're going to win. Um, I'm pretty confident about that. Um, uh, I, I would I would think probably there's not going to be too many goals in in that game. I'd say maybe a two-one win for the for the Aussies, and off they go to France. That's it. And every single one of those young Matildas is playing in a W League team awesome. this year, which is really good. Yeah. That's brilliant. Well, Sock, uh, but you're going to stick around um, and uh, stay uh, with us for our chat around the A-League uh, after the break. But uh, just quick prediction, uh, champions and uh, and premiers. For this year? Yes. Well, W League. Oh, you're killing me. But um, I'm, I'm going to go for Sydney FC this year. Mm-hmm. And grand final, uh, it could be anyone. Come on. Sydney FC. Versus? Melbourne City. Okay. And Sydney FC to win it. All right, so Stick around then, mate. Uh, We've got your predictions. They're in the vault and you will be held to account (laughs) on them Um, because Dino's going to join us uh, next and we're going to chat A-League. So we'll get your opinions on that as well. That's all next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Box to Box and it's time to talk to our man, the former Notts County man, 250-game veteran of the Victorian Premier League, Box to Box's very own Dean Hennessy. One thing we didn't talk about in the uh, opening of the show, Dino, because we thought we'd just reserve this for your opinion, was um, the big news about uh, Bessart Barisha um, being suspended uh, for three matches with a, uh, a, 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 sus- a suspended sentence of a further two matches. And knowing old Bess, jeez, uh, you'd think that... He might be copying those at some stage during the season as well. What do you think? Yeah, look, I, I saw the incident. I watched the game <clears throat> on television. Um, I thought the fourth official had quite a lot to do with it. You I did mean, too. I, I mean, agree. I think he jumped in, I think, initially just to slight split them, which I haven't got a problem mm. with, but he seemed to then just parade him around yes. the, onto the pitch. Um 
But again, I suppose we all know the rules. You can't, mm. you know, uh, touch an official. Um, you can certainly abuse them. Are you surprised? <laughs> I'm not surprised. I'm no. not surprised. No, I'm not, look, I'm not. Surprised. I'm not. Look, it's, there's, there was a lot going mm. on in the game. And look, for most probably, for the neutral, is that most probably... Barish has uh, got away with a few over, over the journey. And, and for Melbourne Victory fans, will be spewing about this. There's mm. no doubt about it. And there'll be an element of them that will be... They're already struggling. They've got one point out of three games. Yeah, but the, and there'll be a big chunk of them that will be, you know, anti-FFA and anti, you know, this, this decision. But but he's a professional footballer. He's the marquee man. If I was his coach, I'd be upset. What does Socrates think? Look, uh, I, I agree with um, what, what Dino said. You know, initially... The referee got involved to split him, um, but he, for some reason, he, he kept his hand on him and just kept moving and moving him. And but Barish knows, you know, you just can't touch the referees. That's it's mm. it's a simple simple fact of life, you know. Yeah. yeah so look, they'll now. they'll feel that though as well, you know, like he's going to be a big loss to them. Um, they've got uh, they're, they're under under the pump officially the... now. That this puts them right under the pump. What's it going to mean if they lose next week? Woo-hoo. Is the pressure on Kevin? Hmm, well, pressure. the interesting, most probably thing that we should discuss as well is if with the Ange exit, if whenever that may be, and the fact that Kev went over to Russia as part of a party, which you're thinking, well, he's not just going on a holiday; he's obviously going there with some preparation to potentially be involved in some capacity at the senior level. By losing week in week out, that doesn't help your cause, does it? No. So no. you know, it's it's an interesting space to watch, and you know, hopefully there'll be. An outcome either way, but I think, look, victory aren't just about Barisha and Kev's got them to the final. They were they were stiff in the final in some ways. Um, oh, they could have easily won that. So, absolutely. you know, he doesn't become a bad coach overnight. And, uh, you know, he's always had our support on this show. And um, he's already, for me, he's already always done a good job. Okay, so let's get stuck into uh, to round four. We've uh, had a chat to Warren Joyce, uh, the very humble Warren Joyce. Uh, yeah, he was um, good as well. Yeah, he, he was, was good. He, wasn't he was yeah. really um, refreshing, actually. But uh, Sydney FC uh, versus Central Coast tonight. That's the the game our fans are, uh, our listeners are on their their way to. Uh, um, Sydney won't like the idea of um, of sitting uh, a couple of spots uh, down on the ladder, third spot below. Uh, uh, City and and the Jets on goal difference. Well, they could have been a, maybe even a little bit further down um, <clears throat> had they not come back. You know, oh, yeah. it was an incredible comeback. Um, it was, in fact, a really good derby, I thought. And uh, and for me, look, Sydney, they'll bounce back. I mean, Perth. Again, we talk about this edge each week. And I tell you what, about the those troubles. people, those people um, like me who rate Perth Glory, who rate the squad, they got a sharp tonight. They, they're on the plane. They're mm. on the road. We talk about it every week, away mm. form, home form. Yeah. They've got to show up tonight. They do. It's a big game for Perth. I want to see them show up. Sock? I'm, I'm going to go with Sydney. Um, I, I'm, I think Arnold and, and the squad that he's got prepared, he would be he would be fuming losing losing two points. Yeah, he, he would. would be fuming. Mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think they're going to bounce back with, with a big score. I think the other thing, just on that, just to finish on Sydney, that 2-0 down, uh, and then they did have the ability to come back, it just shows the depth of how close that group are and yeah. the way the coaching group and the playing group work together. You know, they, they were in a bad situation, in a big hole, and they had the ability to come back and grab something out of it. So as much as he will be disappointed, but I think I think the other alternative losing would Dino, be a far, far course. Uh, Perth, um, a night for him. A couple of interesting items. Yeah. Obviously, we don't know the... Uh, 
we don't we're, we're a little bit early for the for the um, team list, but uh, Mitch Nichols uh, back in the squad after returning from suspension. Yep. I think Rob refers to it as the cocaine marching powder. <laughs> oh, the Colombian oh, marching, marching powder. powder. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Mitch, about that, but uh, you have to live with it now. Uh, and Alex Grant, the boy that we spoke to a few weeks ago, he's been promoted to the squad too. I just wonder whether they'll get a go. Well, he was injured even when I think we had him on, and uh, but, you know, again, he's uh, he's back and uh, he'll be you know another good get. And... The Sydney fans, um, they'll 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 be thinking they're on the train now. I know yeah. what they're thinking. Mm. They're thinking their main man Adrian, he's back in this team. Yeah. And uh, it'll be four or five. That's what they think. Right. Okay, City. We all agree City win. Double header tomorrow afternoon. The uh, Wellington Phoenix host uh, Brisbane, who are fair income. Um, they're in a bit of trouble, yeah, aren't absolutely. they? Absolutely. Yeah. They're in the a Adelaide little bit of trouble. City match yeah. after that. No points. Um, two one defeat. Uh, you know, we've. That was stiff. Come on. Last they were. Week. They were. They were that, stiff. The but... video review decision yeah, heard look, them last week. Yeah. <laughs> That was a big call. It was, was a, a massive, massive call. call. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing had already finished. It was all celebrated and finished, and then all of a sudden, it you know changed the whole direction. So, but look, I think I think Wellington at home, oldest squad in the A League, Perth, uh, Brisbane, sorry. And I think I think Wellington at home and Wellington putting a good show up against Melbourne mm. City. If they got that fourteen-year-old still playing in the goals for them. Yeah, they have. Eighteen-year-old yeah. schoolboy, to be precise. I tell you what, he's got a face like a fourteen. I felt sorry for him though, uh, um, <laughs> McCormack Skull. I mean, it was a great strike. Yeah, but it was. He's yeah, playing, it was, feel sorry I was, for him. Yeah, he's playing I, in the A-League. I, I went to that game, and uh, I, I actually, at that point, I'd gone down right uh, onto halfway, and, um, and and the drizzle the started stinker, to come. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. yeah, but I read an article where he turned up at uh, training for his first game in his school uniform. Keegan <laughs> Smith, we're talking about. Yeah, good on him. He's got a baby. Face. Okay. So yes, yeah, so I agree with you, Dino. Uh, uh, Wellington have been looking good, and, uh, yeah, and uh, they 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 they're playing some great football. They, they are. Yeah. Obviously, the coach made a big difference. No, mm. I think they have. Mm. Okay. Okay. So but this think... is the big game, isn't it? Well, this is the one with Adelaide, you know, Adelaide United, and Melbourne City. Look, Blockbuster. It, look, there's two actually. You know, because we always go in the favourable yeah. numbers, like one and five equals six. Well, Newcastle's two and four, Western Sydney's six. But I chose this game most probably because. Adelaide's obviously had a good week as well, you know, getting into the final. And Melbourne City, again, wonderful start, and we've had, obviously, their manager on. But I think this will be the game of the round. Mm. Um, and whoever wins this game really set them, sets the season up, don't Last they? week was interesting. Adelaide started quite slowly last week, you know, against uh, Victory. But they very, came, they very came into game it. It was week. a physical mm. game, but I think you'll find that City are going to be quite physical this year on what we've seen already. So I think this could be really, Any really tight. Tackles? Yeah, I think that might be the odd one. He's, he's from the north, uh, Warren. He's <laughs> probably done a bit of rugby in his well, day. Well, he's coached Wigan, so they're famous well, rugby yeah, down at the Lakes. Ryan, but, but no, look, Ryan Williams' tackle was pretty good. Yeah, well, there was a was lot a going on tackle. in that game. There was a lot. I mean, he should have, he could have easily gone for that. Dislocated like shoulder. Uh, but basically, I think a draw. I think it's yeah. going to be really nip and tuck, uh, yeah. and it could just be a mistake that might win it for someone. Yeah, yeah, I think right. you think you're right there. Yeah, me I too. Think, I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, we're okay, we're all on the fence. You're unanimous. All right, Sunday afternoon double header: the Jets Wanderers uh, up yeah. in Newcastle. Well, then, I think uh, the RBB road trip for the, all the fans. They'll will be, be on the they'll road. be good value the RBB. But I think from sentimental point of view of what's happened to them in the week. Newcastle Jets losing a player and the effect that that may have yeah, on them. I'm hoping that Newcastle can. What a start! I mean, they're second, you know, in the league. Yeah. What a great start! Well, we want a team to er, mix it Ernie, up. It's been so long. Where yeah, yeah er, er, Ernie's a fantastic coach. I'm, yeah, I'm really, I'm, re- I'm really happy he's, he's come back into the league. What about uh, the dynamics of losing a popular player to a really serious injury and how that can in, impact on morale? I think, I think 
the team's going to get together, and I think I think uh, the player that got injured, I think he's going to um, lift the, the the whole club. And and of course, what what Ernie said after the game, I think that it's just going to take him to another level. I think me, I'm going to go Newcastle based on what you just said there. So mm. so I'm going to go Newcastle. Another draw. Wanderers. Yep. Newcastle. Okay, and the final no. game, Dino, uh, victory up against that. No, Borussia. Uh, Central Coast um, showed a little bit last week. Uh, they showed did. a bit all season, actually. They yeah. have. Yeah. But again, it's they're not getting the results. They're not converting no. it. And I think victory, with or without Borussia, mm. they're going to be desperate now. They have to get back into this. You could easily sit on the fence of the draw, but I'm going to go a win to victory. Edge. Uh I, I think victory without uh, Bess will be uh, rudderless and it'll be a uh, Central Coast win. I Oof. say a draw. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Edge. Um, uh, Central Coast uh, at home, I think they're going to win that game. And um, and But victory in the back half of the season will, will come back. Uh, OK, boys, stick around. After the break, Fox Sports' Simon Hill is going to update us on the latest going on with the Socceroos' date with destiny against Honduras in a week's time, as well as a look at the Ange Postacoglu situation, of course. Dean, he's going to be back with Sock to uh, look at the weekend in European football. And, of course, we will wrap it up with stoppage time. That's next on Box to Box. Now, this is Box to Box with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. Absolutely fantastic! Welcome back. Second edition news shortly. Then we'll chat to Fox Sports' Simon Hill to update us on the latest around the Socceroos' looming home and away tie with Honduras as well as a look at the Ange Postacoglu situation. Then Dean, he'll be back to look at the weekend's round of European football. And, of course, we're going to wrap it up with stoppage time. And our friend uh, Socrates is going to stick around for that segment. Mark, uh, you've always got uh, a good news to, uh, you know, keep a few little stories up your sleeve. I do. Well, the Matildas and Melbourne City defender Steph Catley says she never doubted Sam Kerr's ability to be one of the best footballers in the world. Mm Mm-hmm. Nor do we, Rob, nope. I can say. Uh, Kerr has won the hearts of many Australians this year due to, her, due to her achievements with the Matildas, Perth Glory, and, of course, her job uh, over there with the Sky Blue FC in the National Women's Soccer League. Uh, 2017 has been a big year for Kerr. To add to her stellar Matildas performances, she fell short of a W League championship, claimed the Julie Dollar medal, became the... the uh, I was struggling to say this, NWSL, all-time leading goal scorer, and was recently named Women's Health Sportswoman of the Year. And she's coming to town in a couple of weeks to Melbourne. Awesome. Well, Are you excited? Well, absolutely. Mate. Not as excited as all no. the people in Perth who get to see her quite a bit. Yeah, no, That's just true. loving it. Just when I mean, we've we've talked to Socrates uh, in the in the opening, yeah, the, the W League's just going from strength to strength, and uh, um, it's uh, it's finally time that um, a, a women's competition in this country. I know the uh, you know a few other sports have uh, have uh, bobbed their heads over the parapet in recent times, but football has been uh, uh, you know a pretty substantial. There was a beautiful moment at the W League launch, uh, mm. and uh, track butchers would have pick this up when there was a bit of a media huddle around Sam Kerr and mm. um, a young journalist. I'm not where, I'm not sure where she was from, but she asked her how she felt about uh, um, winning her award. And Sam Kerr just looked at her and said, uh, which one do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I miss that. That's well, good. unfortunately, it wasn't the uh, FIFA Women's Player of the Year because, of course, she got dudded out of that, but that's yeah. fine. Now, a young Huddersfield Town fan has elected to pay part oh, of Aaron Moy's wages yeah. after his brilliant performance against Man United on the weekend. Moy found the back of the net on the way to Huddersfield's memorable two goals to one win. Over United, we know, a very famous win. Uh, it was one of the Socceroos midfielders' best performances of the season, joining an elite list of Aussies to have scored 
against the Premier League Giants. A young fan by the name of Adam was at the game and managed to find a £5 note at the game after being told mm-hmm. by his father he was not allowed to keep it. Adam wrote a letter to the club mm-hmm. with a five-quid note mm-hmm. attached. Nice yeah. story. Yes, it is. It's fantastic. And who did he send it to? Aaron Moy. Exactly. He was apparently originally going to offer it um, to David Wagner to uh, add to his transfer fee, Kitty. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but instead, he 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 he, he realised uh, it would be better in the hands of Aaron Moy uh, because he was the the man of the match. It was a good little story that one. Now you're sitting down, boys. Sitting down, yes. Sitting down. You're sitting just, down, Mike. I am. But we just have to make mention of we love we love the backstories to world football and all those Huddersfield Town fans, especially the older ones who've sat through decades and decades of uh, of Manchester United mm-hmm. gloating. Mm-hmm. How good. I mean, how good would have their week been? <laughs> I mean, mm. they just would have been going. They would have been strutting their stuff. They just would have been walking around town with their with their uh, jersey on and just. For sure. And, well, uh, we've got a bloke in the office uh, in the Melbourne offices of Macquarie Radio. Uh, um, Gordon Moore is his name. Um, his uh, father was born and he was uh, raised in Huddersfield. And I, I had no knowledge whatsoever of his interest in the world game until Huddersfield were promoted. Good and now I get weekly updates. There you go. Now, boys, again, you're sitting down. Socceroos defender Brad Smith has received good news that he won't need surgery on the hip that he injured in Australia's 2018 World Cup playoff against Syria. Smith was forced off early in Australia's 2-1 extra time win, allowing the substitution of the influential Aaron Moy. Mm. Mark, trivia question. Was he substituted in the third, the fourth or the fifth minute? Uh, Fifth? Fifth? Fourth minute. There you go. Okay, well, you you, you win the... um... (laughs) Whatever the the point is, uh, it's, it, it's great to hear Brad's fine. Yeah, so, well, uh, you know the he, sincerity that you are hard on him. He'll be ready for Russia next year. That's you are fine. hard on him. Mm. Yeah, okay. Well, um, you're, Mark, you're going to have a bit of a break for the next four weeks on I this am. show, and uh, you're doing some travelling and uh, a few family events. I won't be so, hanging out with Brad Smith though. So, but we will be having Brad Smith on the show as a guest while you're away. <laughs> Now, what about Leicester City? Uh, uh, they've appointed ex-Southampton boss Claude Puel. As their new manager on a three-year deal, Peel becomes the Foxes' third manager this year, replacing, of course, Craig Shakespeare, who succeeded uh, someone you might have heard of, Claudio Ranieri. Sorry, I was trying to get my, trying to get my uh, tongue to roll there. Uh, Peel, 56, led the, 56, led the Saints to eighth in his first season in charge, as well as reaching the EFL Cup final. But the Frenchman was sacked, of course, in June. Good signing. I think so. I mean, uh, Southampton uh, were, were going pretty well at the time that um, that he was uh, given the Tijuana. Uh, so many people uh, um, suggested that. Uh, That's he another was word he likes. Um, Mark, sacked, Tijuana. Yes, and, um, I actually haven't heard that one. No, no, I've heard him say the Tijuana before. I've spent, much, I've, I've spent too much time. Uh, well, you know what the Tijuana is. Herb Albert and yes, the Tijuana brothers, yeah, of course. Put, um, <laughs> two, two and two equals four. Yes, I got it. Yes, thank you. Sorry about that. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I think it is a good signing. They need some stability there at Leicester now. Who sacked their coach? Uh, first, oh, Western Sydney Wanderers yeah. or Leicester Tony Sydney? Barbara over is? <laughs> the Wheel of the Fortune. Master. Rob Elliott uh, well, style. What's taken Western Sydney Wanderers so long to appoint a coach when bloody uh, Leicester coach, City mate. does it in three weeks? They've got a coach. We spoke to him last week. Yeah, but he's the hmm. stand-in coach. No, he's, the, he's no. there for a while. No, he's good. He's been doing a good job, Hayden. The interim coach. Anyway. Are they waiting for Ange to lose Honduras and then pick him up? Well, I think I've said on the show, my tip, the next coach of Western Sydney will be... Tony Popovich, when he gets eliminated mm, in SARS, 
over in... Uh, well, he had a good start, though. Uh, won he the did, opening he game. did, he did. But I reckon, with all due respect to Tony, and, he, and Tony yeah, probably doesn't really care what I think of him. Or, no, he does. Or, or, or his, his abilities. He, but, he hates um, it when yeah, you I was going to say, Tony, yeah, Tony, <laughs> Tony stays up at night thinking about what Mike Fanahan thinks about him. He but, just gets the ping, um, and then he goes, I've got to listen to Mark. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I think he'll be back in Australia sooner than you think, and he wind up. What about the Nepali sauce? Yeah, how about they? How well are they going? It's uh, well, it does come from Napoli. Where it comes from? I'm just going to go ahead and do Ron Burgundy. Napoli maintained their unbeaten start to the Serie A season, returned to the top of the table by coming from behind to beat Genoa. Uh, Doris Martens, uh, one of my fellow countrymen, or my dad's country, anyway, scored twice and took his uh, tally to nine for the season after the ex QPR midfielder. Uh, midfielder. Echoes of the golden days when Diego uh, had the, uh, the Bianco Azzurri, uh, you know, on the the top of the uh, well, city my, for many years. My gag is, of course, we all love their ice cream because they have the chocolate and strawberry and vanilla <laughs> down there. I yes. like their pizzas. Okay. <laughs> I actually travelled to Naples on my honeymoon 26 years ago for the specific reason, forget the Cinque Terre, forget the... Uh, uh, the You're after the, the ice cream. But no, I was Chocolate, after the pizza. Mount Vesuvius, no, they're the home of pizza, and if, I encourage you to get down there. But uh, I think they'll be happier with their football team going as well as they are right going now. Going really well. Mm. Top of the table. Thanks good very to see much. Inter uh, are coming second too. Yes. So about time those uh, Milan teams started to uh, to do something after a few years in the now, wilderness. Now, one more thing here, and this is uh, the never-ending story. Barca are continuing to work on a deal to sign Philippe Coutinho in January. God, this is with still going Liverpool on. valuing the 25-year-old attacking midfielder at... Name the price, Rob. 153 million euros. 133 million pounds. Oh, it's close. That's a lot of money. Yeah, 150 million euros. That'd be about 130 million pounds. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm really... I'm sick of hearing this as a Liverpool fan mm. and also a Barca fan, so I'm mm. kind of in both camps. But mm. just get this done, seriously. Yeah. I mean, it's great that he's been back playing for the mm. club in the last couple of weeks, yeah. finally. But... Um, but before are we, we not all sick of just hearing about this? Yeah, we are. So let's move on. Before we um, we wrap this uh, little bit up, uh, I know we're going to talk to Dean a little bit more about this, but uh, Ronald Koeman, uh, he, that, um, that is a fall from grace if ever there was one. Well, well and truly. Where's he at, Dino? I know your mic's off, but... Uh, yeah, well, he's... Flick, uh, flick it on. Press, press the button. Where's he at? Well, he's un- unemployed. He's not at Everton. He's not at Everton. <laughs> um, it is a fall from grace. I mean, they, they did really, really well last year. And, and Everton, look, is a big club, but it's it's really... And it's not a big club, man. No, it's a big club in, the, Marco, in regards to it's history. It's a big club. They are older than it's Liverpool. A, oh, yes, I know that. And in, in certain, and what have they done since? In certain periods, oh, they've, they've been successful. There, were, there was a time when, especially when um, Andy Gray first went there, it didn't all changed. did the First World War happen? Don't you know, <laughs> no, no. Much, no. much further after that, there's some good players being there. They've been successful. Um, but again, at the same time, it's this game moves on very, very quickly, as we all know. And for him to lose his job after what happened last year and what a great season it was... Um, there must be problems with two things. Lukaku, most probably the biggest issue, yeah. that he didn't replace him. And yeah. outside of that, it's bedding in all these new players who are all good players individually, but giving them the time to actually work as a team. Well, is it funny too? I mean, guys, I mean, especially Dino, given your past and your heritage, and I was being facetious, it is a big club. It's one of the biggest clubs in England. And it's so funny to see them in this situation because they've actually in the last 10, 15 years, really punched maybe above their weight. Above their they've weight, they've yeah, always they been sort yeah. of a top six top six club. 
So all of a sudden to see them in this position is mm. staggering. Yeah, look, and it'd be worrying if it continues as well. Yeah. Well, so. there was a, a bit of analysis coming out of Liverpool that uh, he was too hard on them and that mm. uh, he lost them, and uh, and that's uh, one of the reasons why they're not performing. Well, mm. now they've lost him. Okay, that's Ronald Koeman. Dino, um, we're going to chat to Simon Hill, but um, keep a, a little bit of Everton news up your sleeve uh, for uh, our European wrap. And uh, you stick around, good listener, because Simon Hill is on after the break. We're going to talk Socceroos. We're going to talk Ange Postacoglu. Honduras. That's all next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport on digital radio, streaming on the World Wide Web, of course, our podcast on Box to Box, nts.com.au. And one of our favourite guests on Box Box to Box is Simon Hill from Fox Sports and what a time to have him on because in a week's time we'll be going to bed and crossing our fingers that uh, the Socceroos get a result against Honduras. Simon, welcome back to the show, mate. Good to be with you guys. How are you? Good, good. But uh, before we get into breaking down the you know, the, the likely scenarios uh, on the pitch, um, you know, the elephant in the room, of course, is uh, uh, the Ange Postacoglu conversation. Um, everyone's got an opinion on it. Uh, we have heard yours, but, uh, you know, given this thing sort of just keeps on evolving in the Australian story, story of Monday night uh, um, is probably the latest content we've had. Um, uh, is it bizarre is it confusing or is it some grand strategy that dan just got to shield the players simon where, where, where do you sit on all this well i did suggest that in a radio interview a couple of days ago actually that it might all be a grand conspiracy theory mm. that, you know, <laughs> just, just trying to trying to take the attention away from his players and that's that's a possibility i suppose but it it seems a little bit far-fetched the honest answer is is that none of us know you know only Ange knows the the, the true answer whether he's whether he's going, whether he's got an offer from elsewhere, whether he's, you know, had enough of people at the FFA, whether he's had enough of the media, uh, nobody knows the answer, and and it appears, well, it doesn't appear, it's the truth that Angie's not going to tell us. So, you know, we just got to get on with it, really. But, uh, you know, the, the thing I've said all along, and I maintain that I feel a bit sorry for the players because, you know, they, they've got to prepare for these uh, big, very important matches, and. Uh, you know, they've got, they've got a big question mark as to whether their coach is going to be there long term. But, you know, that's about the size of it. The Australian story, <clears throat> excuse me, Simon, the Australian story uh, broadcast on Monday night, uh, obviously four days ago. Um, in my view, um, I've just been testing the water amongst the network that I operate in, in in football. And people seem to have moved past the issue, Simon. Are you, are you sensing that as well? Well, yes and no. I don't know whether people have moved past it, but they've probably accepted that they're not going to get the answers that they're looking for. Um, and in one regard, you know, Ange was right in what he said on, on Monday night in that program, and that he's not going to give the answer that everybody is looking for. Now, uh, that doesn't mean that it's a facetious question. I do take issue with him on that particular mm. point, uh, because I think it's a perfectly valid one for a journalist or, or a, a broadcaster to ask. Uh, you know, he holds a position of, of huge responsibility and huge interest for the country. Um, but given that clearly we're not going to get that answer, then I suppose we really have no option but to just move on and you know, focus on these two games and just hope that, it, you know, it doesn't impact upon, uh, you know, the players too much. I mean, imagine what it's going to be like if, for example, and obviously I hope this doesn't happen, you know, we go to San Pedro de Sula next week and we lose 2-0. Yeah. Imagine the, 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 the tension and the pressure that is going to be on. The, I mean, it would be on the players anyway, but 
you know, imagine what it's going to be like for Ange and the players, given that this scenario is playing out as well. It's uh, it's a really odd situation. I can't say I've ever come across it before in football. I mean, you know, coaches have resigned or said they're going to they're going to go after the World Cup next year. You know, you know that. I think Pimper Bake did that. Mm, um, mm. Or you, you know, in the case of Holder Ostick, he gets sacked before he even gets there. But this one, where he's saying I might go, and I might not, uh, all to be revealed. <laughs> It's sort of like watching one of those uh, sort of Batman episodes where same t- bat time, same bat channel. You just don't know what's going to happen. So, you know, you, you, yeah. you, you're uh, torn between what you really want to say because you, he, he could be the hero. He, 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 the grand strategy might work out. He, he might qualify us. And, uh, and, uh, and if we condemn him too much, then, uh, then we're the ones with egg on our faces. But um, Well, you know, you're right. And... Let's hope if it is part of a grand strategy that it's successful, you know. Mm. Um, but and then we'll all hold our, our hands up. But you know, the, the the bottom line for me is is this as well. If Ange were to fail against Honduras, I just think it would be a really sad epithet yeah. to his tenure. You know, his his legacy really is on the line. And and for the for the most part of his tenure as soccer as coach, he's been terrific. I've mm. been a huge supporter of him. And I have to say. I still remain so, even to this day. I was never part of the, you know, the faction that wanted him sacked. Whatever he, he said or did in those games against Syria, I, I thought he deserved his opportunity to try and see this thing through. But, you know, if, if they were to lose this two-legged playoff, what sort of a legacy does it leave? For me, it's going to be absolutely trashed, which would be a huge pity. I think you're right, Simon. I think a lot of people will remember Ange in the event we lose, and let's hope we don't, that uh, he was the Australian coach who didn't qualify us for the World Cup, rather than the coach that won us It'll the It'll be almost like right. General Custer. He's remembered for his last stand rather than his great career well, as a general. Well, yeah, yeah. But having said that, let's talk about Honduras for a moment. Um, I've been uh, planning the last uh, six weeks uh, for the Green and Gold Army tour to uh, San Pedro de Sula uh, in the back of the bus with, with the fans. Simon, you'll be, you'll be going up the front of the plane in the uh, charter, won't you? <laughs> Well, we might be on the charter at least one of the legs, but I'll tell you one thing, we won't be up the front of the plane, that's for sure. <laughs> That'll be the players and the coaches and the staff, which is as it should be. But uh, no, we, we will be going. Um, it's, it's a tricky place to get to for fans, players and, and media alike. Uh, but yes, we, we will be there. So I am looking forward to it. I know, you know, I've read all the reports about it's dangerous and all this sort of stuff, but you know, this, we've been to dangerous places before with the Socceroos, yep. plenty of them, and, yeah, we all and have, this yep. is one of the joys of, of world football. You get to see some places that you would never ordinarily see. Well, one thing's for sure, Simon, Honduras, they're passionate about their football. It's their number one sport. Their team's yep. made the World Cup the last two uh, editions of the event. Uh, they're deadly serious. They're waiting for us. It's a massive game. Uh, they're expecting it to sell out within two hours. Um, it is going to be a, a remarkable atmosphere, and uh, for people like you, Simon, who've been able to experience uh, Socceroos away legs, this will be right up there, won't it? It'll be right up there with the, the Uruguay uh, playoff, won't it, in terms of um, the atmosphere that the players and the, and the officials can expect? Mate, I can't wait for it. Mm. These, are, these are the games that, as a commentator, as a fan of the game, you just love because everything's riding on it. Um, you're going to a nation, as you've rightly pointed out, that is absolutely mad about football. I think it comes second only to Catholicism in, in mm-hmm. Honduras. Um, and maybe that's questionable as well. So it's, you know, th- this is going to be a fantastic occasion. It's going to be damn difficult for, for the Socceroo boys, but they're used to it. You know, they, they've, they've done this sort of stuff before. They've played in hostile environments. 
Um, and you're right to make the analogy with the Uruguay game because I think it's going to be very similar to that. A little bit smaller, the stadium, but yeah. I think the passion will be just the same. Obviously, they'll have to deal with the heat and humidity as well, I'm told, which is, is going to be you know, tricky for them. Um, but this is what you want, isn't it? As a professional and as a fan and as you know, a member of the media, which I am, you want to be involved in these sorts of occasions. It's brilliant. You don't get this in any other sport. Well, the build-up's going to be massive. And one of the questions that I want answered, because a lot of people haven't realised, uh, but Matthew Leckie and Mark Milligan are suspended for this uh, fixture. Mm-hmm. So who will play in that defensive uh, midfield position, Simon? I'm going to put you on the spot. I know we're uh, still 14 days out from the for the match, but that must be a big worry for Ange to, to fill that spot. No doubt. Um, and... Look, if uh, you know if the squad is anything to go by, then he's perhaps still hanging his hat on the outside chance that Miller yet yeah, uh, might yeah. be fit. Now, I think I do think that's an outside chance, but you can bet your bottom dollar that uh, you know they'll be working as hard as they possibly can on him and liaising with Aston Villa and checking as to his progress because he's the obvious replacement. Um, if not. Yeah, it's it's a tough one. Uh, I mean, we've got players who can play there. You know, Maslowongo has played as a six. Uh, Aaron Moy has played there. It's probably not his, you know, favoured position. But um, yeah, it's a bit of a conundrum. Does he ch- does he change his system to try and accommodate that? It's um, I honestly don't know the answer. I hope Ange does. Well, that, that's the big question. This is uh, Simon Hill from Fox Sports talking to us about the Socceroos' date with destiny next week. Uh, speaking of systems, that is the question on everybody's lips. Uh, mm. Will Ange uh, uh, go down with the ship or, uh, or will he get, finally um, accept that we, we need to defend in this leg and, and get some kind of result uh, against, uh, I think uh, we're referring to the Hondurans as Los Cotrachos. Is that correct? Yeah, that's it. Yep, that's it. Yep. Um, Look, I I can give you a simple answer to that. He won't change. Mm. Um, You know, he's he's set his stall by this and he's going to live and die by it. Um, Not everybody is a fan of it. Uh, I can see the logic in it. I've I've written on a couple of occasions. I think it's based on sound logic. My only... I only have two questions about it. A, do we have the personnel, which I think is the, the question on everybody's lips, mm. and B, you know, the timing as to when it was introduced. Well, it's too late for that now. You know, we're, for good or ill, it's been with us for the last six or seven months. I, I can't see that it will change. Mm. Um, but again, it, it brings into question that, that bigger picture stuff. He, he said all along, you know, my methods will be vindicated mm. at the World Cup. I'm preparing my team to go and play the best in the world at the World Cup. Mm. Well, if he's not going to be there, why? <laughs> yeah, good opinion. Is that, you sort of left that question hanging in the air, haven't you, Simon? Uh, so the Hondurans, um, we, we know there's going to be a, a wild atmosphere. We know it's going to be uh, uh, hot and humid. Four um, o'clock in the afternoon, it'll yeah. definitely be hot and humid. Yeah, yeah. so uh, uh, so what can we expect from the Hondurans? They've, they've qualified for the last uh, few World Cups themselves. Uh, they, uh, they are expecting... Obviously, that uh, that they'll deal with us in uh, in in well, not uh, short order, but um, they'll be expecting to, to beat us. And uh, and and what style will you expect them to do it in? Well, look, you know, the good thing for Australia is that we do have the second leg at home, which mm. I think most people see as being an advantage. Maybe not a massive one, but you know, a slight one. So, from Australia's perspective, you're looking for an away goal first of all, or a clean sheet, preferably both. Um, from Honduras's point of view, they will want some sort of a lead to, to take to Sydney, uh, preferably a, a couple of goals. So I don't think they'll be stupid in coming out to attack because I don't think really they've got you know the ammunition to be able to do that 
uh, to us. That, you know, they're, they're not Germany or Spain. Mm. But let's get that you know thing clear first of all. They're a handy side, um, and they certainly will play with plenty of fire and passion, and they'll be buoyed by this massive crowd and and the heat and humidity. So they'll have everything on their side. Again, I go back to the Uruguay leg. You know, it might be a case that Australia will have to defend in numbers for large parts of the game, whether they want to or not, um, because of the, of the nature of the two-legged tie. They've got some handy players, although I do hear that uh, I think it's Eddie Fernandez, one of their key forwards, has, has broken his cheekbone or fractured his mm. cheekbone. So whether he's going to be available or not, maybe playing a mask, I don't know. But they've got some handy players. You know, you remember. Minor Figueroa, who used to play yeah. for Wigan Athletic back in the day in the Premier League, and uh, and anyways, Aguirre, who played for, for Celtic, um, but but they're defensive players, and uh, you know it, I, I don't know too much about them in an attacking sense. I do know that they had a 36, 37 year old called Carlo Costley, who's been leading their attack for the best part of fifteen years. So whether he's still involved in the scene, I'm not sure. Mm. Um, but you know, in terms of where they're at in in world football standings. They're similar to Syria. Yeah. So over the two legs, I, I maintain that Australia are better, man for man. But that's on paper. Mm. We, we've got to go out and prove it and, and deal with all these you know, additional factors that are going to come with the travel and with the Ange situation, with the heat and the humidity, etc., etc. And, you know, I, I will say this as well. If you remember the home leg of the Uruguay 2005, now that's the most passionate national team crowd I've ever seen. Yes, definitely. And the fans have got their part to play. 100%. And they need to find their voice. It's so important. Um, Australian fans tend to sit on their hands and, you know, Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi. No, no. We've got to have some intimidation. Yeah. I don't mean of a, you know, a physical nature or going over the top, but, you know, there's nothing wrong in making the opposition feel a little bit unwelcome inside the stadium. They'll be welcome in the country, but not for those 90 minutes. And I really hope the fans remember the Uruguay game and, and replicate it. Yes, yeah, Simon, exactly. At least we did see a little of that uh, in the Syria game where the drums were out. A uh, little uh, bit. Yeah, yeah. but uh, we had 10,000 Syrians to our 30,000 in a 40,000 uh, uh, crowd. And, uh, and look, we, we saw the same thing uh, down here uh, in Melbourne at Amy Park where the uh, the ties uh, really created some atmosphere and uh, and famously against... Uh, can, I, can I say mm. one more thing on, on just on the crowd? Mm. I know it's only a slight factor, but, you know, Pimper Bate, when he was coach of the Socceroos, he actually told the FSA... When opposition teams come here, because of the multicultural nature of Australia, you know, the opposition are always going to have a lot of fans. We saw that with Syria. Now, the Syrian fans are stuck right behind the goal at one end of the stadium. Now, Pimper Bake told the FFA to move the opposition fans high and up into a corner where they could have less impact. Now, it sounds trite. And obviously, if you've got good enough players, it shouldn't matter. But, you know, those little one percenters sometimes make the difference. And I I hope the FFA remember that and stick the Honduran fans, however many of them that there are. Well, there'll be a Honduran community here. There'll be a Honduran community here and they'll come out and support them. Yeah, they will. I I think there'll be, well, there might be certain people from the Latin American community Mm. community who might. I mean, that's what we saw with Syria. There's only 13,000 Syrians in the entire country. (laughs) They were all left. But I think half the Arab diaspora was there. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah. you know, let's stick them up in a corner where they yeah. can't be heard. Absolutely. It's, it's our home advantage. Let's use it. Let's take it. Hey, Simon, we would love to talk to you all night, mate, but we've got to let you go because we know you've got to pack the bags. And uh, and <laughs> we hear there's uh, there's a birthday celebration for you as well before you head off, Might mate. Just so be. 
Happy yeah, birthday, Simon. Thanks, guys. Yeah, and thanks as always, mate. You always give us uh, your time, and we're always grateful for it. Um, hopefully, uh, uh, the next time we talk, we'll be talking about um, the journey to Russia 2018. Hope so, guys. Have a good week. Thank you, Simon. Uh, stick around. Dino, he's in the studio next because we're going to talk Europe, EPL, and all that sort of stuff next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial goal Welcome of Welcome back to Box to Box on NTS and the News Talk Sport. It's time to talk Europe. But before we talk Europe, Dino, you love Chemist Warehouse, don't you? I do. I do. And you love some of the exotic products that they sell down there, like Garcinia Cambogia, which is a citrus fruit that grows in Southeast Asia. An extract from the fruit rind, hydrocitric acid, HCA, has historically been used for cooking, but it's also been used for weight loss. Okay, so... Oh, shit. Yeah, I, I, yeah okay. Well, this is a family program, Edge, uh, but if you want, I'll get you some from Chemist Warehouse because you've got to try that healthy care Garcinia Cambogia Ultra Strength. You got anything Chemist that grows Warehouse. in your skin? Uh, I don't know, but HCA is the main active ingredient in Garcinia Cambogia. HCA blocks fat by inhibiting the efforts of citrate lease, an important metabolic enzyme. Did you know that? I didn't, but it sounds very impressive. I know, it is very impressive. This is one of the reasons that Garcinia is believed to be a successful weight loss supplement. Supplement Healthy Care Garcinia Cambogia Ultra Strength is just $19.99 at Chemist Warehouse. Always read the label, use only as directed. Vitamins should not replace a balanced diet. If symptoms persist, consult your healthcare professional. Chemist Warehouse, lowest prices guaranteed. You better get me some of that. I'll get some for all of us. Dino, uh, Europe and uh, socks back in. Um, uh, so... Um, Europe uh, starts enough with the League yeah, Cup, doesn't it? Yeah. And uh, I think Mr. Bilic was losing a bit of weight with the pressure on of two weeks to keep his job. Uh, that was the West Ham, yeah. aren't they, a saga? Well, they are, but they've, they've just my turned team. something hey. out of the blocks <laughs> last night. Turned Tottenham over. Oh, actually, as, as a West Ham supporter, what do you make of all this? Uh, um, you know, the, the betting in at the new stadium. Uh, it, it's been a massive wrench for them. It has. It has. It's it, it's sad because they've they've got a decent squad and they've got a really good coach. It's yeah. just it's not working for them. It's 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 hard to believe a stadium could have that effect, but maybe it is. Yeah, look, it, 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 when you when you went to West Ham, I mean, we've been there obviously when Australia played, and I know my dad played there for many years. But they used to always love going to play down there because it was quite tight and, and they Upton could, Park, Upton yeah. Park, and they could knock Fantastic it around. Fantastic facility. And um, the old, old time, yeah. Yeah, and and for me, this the history there, and I think for the change for this group, you know, they had that one year that it, it was almost a disaster. They've not got themselves again into some trouble. But the thing that I'm just going to hang my hat on this one. I do like Slavin Bilic. The fact that they were 2-0 down and he's had the warning and they've come back and won 3-2 to get them into the next round or the quarterfinals. For me, it's um, what, a, what a result. And they beat at, Tottenham. And they beat Tottenham. And, you know, and they Wembley. are in, at Wembley and they're a good side. So mm. for me, look, sometimes, as we all know, being playing sock myself, you're under the pump and then something just clicks. Something just turns your way and the pendulum swings and you go, right, we've got something here and they can build on it. I think maybe maybe you're right there. Look, it could be the start of of something big for them. You know, like you said, that all they need is one one result, something like a two nil down, come back, win the game, and you know you're back it up on the weekend. And yeah, beating a, a class team like Tottenham. 
Mm. Well, just to go through the quick, you know, for the fourth round, Arsenal beat Not- uh, Norwich 2-1, Bournemouth 3-1 against Middlesbrough, Bristol City shocked uh, Crystal Palace 4-1 with my cousin in goal, having come back from Spironi on the weekend when they did win, the only game they have won. So it's not looking too good for Wayne, unfortunately. Uh, Leicester City uh, 3-1 against Leeds, Swansea got done to Manchester United 2-0, Manchester City got absolutely out of jail free right at the yeah. end extra time nil nil penalties and the goalkeeper saved them and then Chelsea beat Everton uh, and again David Onsworth the new manager there first game out there and then obviously the Tottenham one we've just talked about so um, you know they're all in the hat and they'll be in for the next round which most probably then takes us to our Premier League look at what's happening on the weekend and one of the games that we have chosen <laughs> believe it or not is Crystal Palace uh, against uh, West Ham, uh, 20th against 16. It's a really, really important game for both. Yeah, both teams are, you know, new managers, or not new managers, but obviously... One under pressure. Yeah, yeah. Newish. Newish. <laughs> Newish. Um, the Hodgesaurus, as we like to call him. Yeah. Where, where are they playing? They're where playing they play? at Palace. At Palace. So oh. it's Palace at, uh, against West Ham. So, again, Palace did win last week at home, so... You just don't know, do you? You don't, you don't, know. You don't know who's going to show up. But I, look, I think it may end up in a draw. The other big game of the the round, which is the early kickoff, is Manchester United second against Tottenham third, which is I think you know they're both on the same points, only five goals split the difference, but they are five points behind Manchester City. Have really got off to a flyer, haven't they? What kind of ball they're going to use? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So I think a bit. Look, I, I think Man United at home. I think they can beat Tottenham. Yeah, I think you could be right. Oh, the one that I'm looking forward to this weekend Which is, uh, is uh, the Terriers heading to um, Liverpool. To that that is going to be a great game. I really hope they can back up their form and uh, and and take it to Liverpool. Well, it's interesting. Like we would normally not high like a, a ninth fee. Eleven. And David but, Wagner's a good friend of you. Oh, well, they are. And that's yeah, it. That brings correct. the two friends together that work together. And and I think the reason I pointed it out was it's there's only one point in it. So, you know, all of a sudden mm. Huddersfield jumped to 15. That's knocking on the door of the top five. Mm. But then again, if uh, Liverpool get a result and depending on what results, then that can push them right back into the top five. So... An interesting weekend, I think they're ahead. Um, the other games that uh, can I tell you what I'm looking forward to? Yeah, you can. Well, we've got uh, Arsenal royalty in Melbourne this weekend. Uh, Andrew Mangan, Ars Blog, uh, incredible fan, incredible media performer. He's in Melbourne for the Sports Writers Festival, so I'm looking forward to watching Arsenal versus Swansea with him and just see how he behaves <laughs> during an Arsenal match. <laughs> I'm tipping if they're behind, not so well. Now we'll go to the championship, uh, which obviously is oh, one we of love the our. It is one of our favourite favourite uh, leagues, and certainly uh, the three teams that my dad did play for all play in this division, and they're actually featured in because uh, I'm trying not to feature them as much anymore, but they're doing actually quite well. So I think the biggest game does come on the Sunday if you're anywhere near Birmingham and we've been to this ground many a Ooh, time we have, yeah, but this we is have. Birmingham City against Aston Villa which is Ooh, a massive well, massive what, derby. I'll tell you what take your crash hat if you're going to that game take your crash hat and have your exit plan well never, well rehearsed never ever have let the, you down the route out is of that the one stadium of the biggest? always kicks off it is, always it kicks is. off I mean I've I've had friends Massive. who are Birmingham wow. fans at Villa I actually think it's probably you know I mean there's some big derbies in England but in terms of 
in terms of uh, feeling, emotion, and passion, it's right up there. It so, is. Dino, why do they hate each other so much? Well, they're just from Got the same. Well, they're from the same city, mm-hmm. and it's like mm-hmm. any local derby. The you know the forest, the forest one with Derby is 16 miles away, but these two bad boys are in the same city, mm-hmm. the second biggest city mm-hmm. in the country, and they're you know then the Arsenal, um, Tottenham again, both Obviously North, Everton, Liverpool, not, but, not, yeah. not just both London, but both North London clubs. And then you've got the Manchester Derby, so that goes without saying, with Manchester two clubs. And then you've got the Celtic Rangers. And again, everyone's got a derby, but the, I think the ones that are the best are the ones that are actually in the same city. So, And Birmingham are struggling uh, just outside the relegation zone, where Villa are actually in fifth. So there'll be a lot at stake on this one. Steve Bruce, he's, he's a championship love- wizard. He's one of those guys. He, he coaches a team in the championship. They never, ever fail to perform. Villa well, are on a roll. Interesting with... Uh, with Brucey, obviously we know him well, but has also managed Birmingham as well. So yes, he's yeah. seen both sides yeah, of, and yeah. played for Birmingham. So uh, the other game is not uh, Norwich against Derby. So Derby are in tip-top form. They are on an absolute fly with a game in hand that will put them into the uh, top six. So yep. uh, I hope that keeps going. And I put this Hull City. Hull City's <laughs> made a bit of a run too with uh, Jackson Irvine. Mm. Yeah, they have. last week. Yeah, they yeah. have. Yeah, they they needed that though. They needed they to did. pick up. But the one I've just thrown out there, it's only tw- second against fifteenth. Cardiff against Millwall. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't want to be a copper at that game. <laughs> There'll be all sorts kicking off there. Let me tell you. So. Now, on to some better news. We, we need to get James Meredith on we next do. week. We because will. We'll get James we've on. We've got to get him on next week because he will, have, no doubt, knowing James, because he plays on that left side, he will have some, uh, just for Sox benefit, James comes on from time to time and tells us what he hears from over the fence. He will hear some good stuff. Oh, he, he, does. he will hear stuff some good stuff. Stuff you can't say on radio, right? <laughs> no. yeah, well, some of the best stuff's been left on the cutting room floor. <laughs> now, just just to, again, we've talked about this on air many times over the weeks, you know, with John Peacock coming on the show, and English football was criticised with He's their youth development. I'm just going to alert you to England getting to another World Cup final. Uh, against uh, Spain, who beat Mali to reach their uh, final as well. So it's Spain against England. Uh, it's, it's over in India. And what's interesting about this particular game is that the guy that scored two hat-tricks, not just one, one in the semi, one in the quarter, a boy called Ryan uh, Brewster, who plays for Liverpool, absolutely flying two hat-tricks. You know, and, awesome. uh, it must be some player. So it must be some player. So, um, yeah, look at... Good luck to, and what uh, about to the, both teams. What about the vagaries, vagaries of uh, African football? Mali, I mean, probably mm. one Done of well. the... Mali <laughs> made a semi-final of a World Cup. Mali, mm. I don't know if you've ever looked into the uh, the the economic uh, situation in Africa, but Mali ain't going that well, brother. No. <laughs> and to get to but the semi-finals, massive. Incredible. No, Just incredible. Obviously, natural talent. Unbelievable. Right. Yeah. Okay, boys. We're all going to stick in, and we're going to get Mark back in um, for uh, stoppage time. Yeah, and uh, he's going to uh, give us a little bit of a highlights package of his best efforts before he takes his little break for uh, a month and uh, and gets ready for the big Christmas summer period. So stick around, because that is all next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Welcome back to Box to Box. The fourth official signals. There's six minutes left. And there's five towering football intellects I'll make that four I'm not one of them in this studio uh, before we get on to it I'm sure I'm not it's uh, 
<laughs> it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month at Storage King. It's getting towards the end of October. It's the uh, very last few days where you can get the chance to get on into your local Storage King and buy some tea chest boxes. They only cost five bucks, and a dollar from every single one of those tea chest boxes is going to the Jane McGrath Foundation during this month of October. So they'll be raising a stack of money. So get on to storageking.com.au. Find your nearest store or call 1-800-STORAGE. That's 1-800-100-700. Breast Cancer Awareness Month, the Jane McGrath Foundation and Storage King. What a trio. Support them. Now, Mark... Um, Dino has got a little bit of uh, news here from a, uh, the organisation he's very heavily really? involved in, yes. Yeah, look, the AFC, AAFC um, <clears throat> I'm part of and all the MPL clubs together are a part of. So it's uh, 30,000 players and plenty of people supporting that whole MPL network Australia-wide. Uh, I've come out this afternoon uh, or earlier this afternoon around one o'clock uh, with just a bit of a vision for the preferred uh, national second division competition so you know we've, we've all known this was coming we always know this was going to be pitched there but what all it is it's it's most probably a document just to start to get a certain keyhole of key stakeholders around the country involved to look at some of the the visions that has been presented with a view to saying, well, what will work, what won't work. So it's it's, it's a starting document, mm-hmm. but it's the document that's got a lot of time and effort since when most probably we all got back to or started to get together back in March. And this is the outcome of where we sit as it stands now. Is this going to be where gospel? We sit as it stands. As it stands and right now. But what it will be is there'll be a whole range of things that will be looked at like it is in this game because it's a very moving feast. So interesting. I think what we'll do is I'll, I'll get a bit more detail in this and then maybe next week's show we can just cover yeah. some of the key points. And you're going to be, while Mark will be away, you're going to be travelling, but you're still going to be I'll on be the I'll be travelling, but I'll, I'll do a bit of research and then we'll just put mm. the high-level stuff out there just to know yeah. that we've, we've seen it and we're, we're going to digest and see where it fits. To be fair, Rob, I'll, I'll be in a spa on Hamilton Island. Mm. <laughs> Give me a call. <laughs> Having a few cocktails. Give me a call. No, no, no. I think we'll pass. Have, have I put we'll a very just... dark thought in your head? Yes, you have. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just imagining Mark with a straw hat and a big cocktail glass with a uh, uh, an umbrella in it and uh, and bubbles and um, and and <laughs> new bold young you're, women. You're, you're actually making me sick now. <laughs> no, and it's it's me. Mark will be having a bath in bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> no, he won't. He's going to bathe himself. <laughs> anyway, hey, moving on, guys. Um, Interested in your thoughts, particularly Michael. FF, I'm going to read verbatim 442. So FFA CEO David Gallup says Socceroos boss Ange Postacoglu was joking when he intimated that speculation about his coaching position had helped FFA. Now, you would have seen this. It was part of a strange story. Um, David Gallup, uh, I don't think he was joking, David. Like, You're thoughts? still going on about this, Mark. Yes. Yeah, no, no, he wasn't joking. I think uh, David Gallup... Um, Going uh, on about it. <laughs> he's trying to uh, um, throw a little Deflect. distraction. Yeah, straight that's off, it. Straight um, off the pads? No, no, that's not right. David, you're a smarter man than that. We don't buy it. Uh, what you're selling, we ain't purchasing. Yeah, anyway, that's fine. <laughs> anyway, boys. Um, well, well, Sock, what do you think? I mean, Angers, uh, you, you've seen it all. Uh, you, you're the man with the Greek heritage. You should know the way these... Yeah, uh, these I think you might have played with Ange. Uh, yeah, Ange was a teammate of mine. Yeah, it was it was a teammate of mine. We we played for a few seasons, and uh, he's very opinionated, very headstrong. Uh, when he believes in something, he'll he'll um, he'll just take it all the way. Now, he was know? captain of South Melbourne at the age of 21. Is I think that's right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Did, was he captain when you were there? 
Um, Do you remember? No, no, no. He, he's, um, I think he's three years. No, I'm 55. He's 50, right. 51. Okay. So he's same a, he, as me, I think. 52. Yeah, he's a little bit younger, yeah. but look, he he was a hard worker then. Um, he sets his mind to something. He, it's it's not going to budge. You know, he's so. And, and the question, sorry, is, is that to a fault though? You think? No. With, with all due respect, and I said I've worked with Ange not for a long time. Did some junior junior programs with him, but I just think sometimes at the moment he's just maybe in a rut. But that's what to, everybody wants. Yeah, I know. I know. You know, everybody wants that, but you know, he's his own man. He'll he'll he believes in something, and he'll 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 instill that belief into his players. His players are going to back him up. So you're backing him. You're backing Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, and you think we'll get through then? Yeah, we're we're getting through. Okay. Now look, if I can, uh, <laughs> we're getting through. These bloody Greeks, they we, we think better. they know everything. They've invented democracy, <laughs> and they just write about everything. Hang on, no. I thought he's Socrates. I thought he's a Brazilian soccer player. <laughs> no, he's a philosopher first. <laughs> look, I think I think we we all know Ange. I mean, I've known Ange since I was seventeen when I first got here. Within the first three weeks, yeah, but you were kicking Ange. each other. <laughs> well, that, he was on the bench but came on. But all, and I do remind him of that, and he always has a giggle. Not often, though. Yeah. <laughs> but what, what, I like, what I love about him is he always sticks to it, and he's never changed. And at any time he's made a decision, it's generally worked for him. Yeah. So, for me, back him in, support him, because he's our gaffer. All right, boys. Mark, you enjoy your break? I will. Dino, you, you enjoy your travels? I will. Uh, Socrates, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show. Thank you. I it, enjoyed it. It won't be the last time, that's for sure. Ed Shaw, well, you've been here anyway. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. Looking forward to see you next week. We'll be on our own. We will. Well, we might have to get... Uh, when we go from one end of the pitch to the other. Exactly. In the world game, because next week it'll be the eve of the Ooh, big yeah. match in Honduras. Rubber. It is yeah. going to be a ripper. So join us next week when we go from San Pedro de Sula to Australia in the world game.